Hey guys, what is up? First off, happy freaking Halloween. I love Halloween. It's definitely one of my favorite times of the year. Dressed up multiple times this past weekend. Had a freaking ball. I hope you guys did too. There were tons of festivals and shows and curated events going on. And I hope you guys had a great time and stayed safe, most importantly. Um, we have quite the guest joining us today. He goes by the name of Jason Page. And while you may not know that name, recognize that name off the top of your head per se, you will definitely know his voice as one of the most, I would say, influential voices of our generation that came up on a certain anime that goes by the name of Pokemon. He is the singer of the original theme song, Gotta Catch Em All, in the original Pokemon, in Pokemon Go that came out just a few years ago that re-sparked everyone's love for the game. And he's done so much more than just that. Not only being in a boy band growing up, working in a multitude of music houses, he is responsible for the voice behind a multitude of commercials for brands such as Mountain Dew, Pepto-Bismol, Subway. He's performed with superstars like Michael Jackson, Aerosmith, Foreigner, so on and so forth. It was such a treat getting to talk to Jason, hearing about his story. There's so much that we can take away as artists and producers and fans of the music and culture. I am on a long-term mission to have Jason attend his first music festival ever. But until then, I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Don't forget, I offer lessons, ad-free podcasts, bloopers, exclusive content only on my Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane. Go hit the link in the description. Check out the Patreon. Leave a comment. Share with your friends. Tag me. Tag Jason. Tag Pokemon. And lastly, have a happy Halloween. This is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning in to the Lizzie Jane podcast with special guest Jason Page. The show today was brought to you by Vitaplur E Boost Gum. With no pill to take or powders to mix, Vitaplur E-Boost Gum is a first-of-its-kind energy rave supplement that provides magnesium, electrolytes, and antioxidants while you chew. Vitaplur is the perfect complement to my active lifestyle, whether it's at the festival, on the road touring, or hitting the gym. Chew Vitaplur and dance with confidence. Use code LizzieJane for 10% off any order. Halloween podcast episode with the one and only Jason Page. No, no, there's about 500 of me on Facebook. The now. one. <laughs> it's I not can't. Oh, me anymore. I'm, I'm one out of 500. It's one crazy. One out of 500,000 million. Of course. Thank you for the, the water. I won't drink the water because it's in plastic. This is in plastic too. I know. I'm sorry. I know. I know. <laughs> I have some friends that are very like holistic and 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 everything spiritually and their their signs and all this and sometimes I'm like you're crazy and other times I go okay I can kind of understand where you're coming from hey, when I mean, you you know when you look at what 
is going on currently with plastics and food and nutrition and it's, everything. It's, it's logic. We've we've eliminated our ability to perceive things in logical fashion. We're so removed from what actually is that we don't we don't question it. It's a cup with a plastic cup with ice that came from a water system that had all kinds of crazy things in it. And then the water that went in to make it. And of course, when we, we bathe in the same water that we absorb 10 times as much when we bathe of these chemicals that are put in there for our own good, but they're not for our own good. They're waste products. Um, 100%. And when right. you see, and now like you have where I, I refer to the South Park episode, the streaming wars, that that has come in and we've gone to these different streaming sites, Hulu, Netflix, X, Y, and Z, that can do these documentaries and can do X, Y, and Z. And you see the trash fits and the burn fits right. and the plastics. Right. And it's, it's pretty awakening. And especially to see for the first time ever on a very national level, parts of the United States completely losing access to clean water. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, I, I collect my own water uh, from the mountains of Azusa. Uh, once a month, at least while I'm living in the Los Angeles area, I go with five, uh, 15 five-gallon bottles to Falling Springs, uh, wow. 4,000 feet up in the, in the mountains, of a flowing uh, spring that, that has been flowing for all time, that all recorded history. It's always been there. This is the primary water source that is below the... Earth's surface that is larger than the oceans on the on the top of the Earth's what? surface. Yes, primary water is the water that comes from the the gases turning into hydrogen and oxygen mixing together, forming steam and blowing up Absolutely. volcanoes. Well, when it's not causing the volcano to erupt, it's steam traveling up, becoming water, pushing through hot springs to flat areas, and when it pushes up to the top of mountains, it cools. So every hot spring is an endless source that you can, from the beginning of recorded history, see that these hot springs are ever flowing. Now, how are they ever flowing for thousands of years? Because there's oceans of this uh, underneath the surface that, that will eventually push up and cause our rivers and our oceans on the, on the top. So there really isn't a water shortage. There's just a false scarcity that's been created. And uh, it might just be Nestle or this company that's doing it. So we buy this. And you know what? Those are the things I wish I learned in school. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, that, they, they won't teach you in school. No, absolutely <laughs> not. It's so hard to conceptualize where we're at in this current time with so much. And, and you know, being in entertainment, I think you kind of have a double-edged sword with the world of social media where, you know, for the first time ever in these past few decades – especially when we went into COVID, you know, Twitch streaming, YouTube lives, Instagram lives, TikTok lives, all of that stuff. People can discover you from all ends of the world. But on the flip side, you know, the misinformation, the, yeah. the, the capitalism here, the propaganda, the X, Y, and Z. And it's just, it's a lot. It's it, a lot. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to process. And it's a lot to be intelligent and have enough experience on the back end of your lifetime and your journey to make those decisions from what is right and what is wrong. Trust and validate. You have to be the filter that decides what is right and what is wrong. Uh, very interesting that's happening in the in the Pokemon card collecting world. You've got these grading company there. Put on the Pikachu. Wait, wait, Come on. wait. Okay. Pikachu! 
<laughs> I love it. Okay, so go so go back. Trading cards. What's going you know, on there? Uh, PSA is a validating company that that grades and authenticates a card to tell you if it's a real Pokemon card. And if it's one of my Pokemon cards, one of my autographed cards, they will tell you that I autographed the card. But basically, there are companies that are helping us learn what is true and what is not. Wow. And, and, and this is the, the, the primary uh, problem, is trusting and validating a thing is the thing that you think it is. Like, is this authentic? Is this the th- a real thing that they're saying that it is? Is this water really from Rocky Mountain? Bot- it's Rocky Mountain bottled water, but has it has is it, it ever really seen Rocky Mountain Rocky bottled water? Rocky Mountain? <laughs> You know, the COVID thing is there's so much misinformation. Is it really what it is or what is it? And if it isn't, then then how can we figure out what it is? And this is exactly what you're saying. You have to be the critically thinking, uh, aware person in order to interpret these things. And if you just use nature as a template, then I think that's the first place to go. It's like, all right, would nature do this? Not really. No. So it's not really. So right there, I'm like, all right, this is not a natural. You could go to the stream, pick up the water, and splash it in your. Well, especially to to bring up kind of the elephant in the room of climate change. It's crazy to see what is. You know, I'm from Florida. I have relatives who lived in Fort Myers, relatives that lived in Sarasota. I've lived in Florida my whole life. <clears> Hurricane <throat> comes, you bunker down. It's not as bad as they say it is. Da 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 da. Every time. And then. Oh, and one then, comes right. along and there's people on their roofs and right, there's right. more deaths than ever before. Right. And and it's detrimental to a large section of a state that will be underwater in the next decades to come. So they say. So they say. So the they say. Ten, you know, five decades. It's just. I know, I know. Who's they and what, what is their motive? What is their motive? Are they getting paid by somebody? And they might actually really believe that. And, and that's good. It's good information. How can we trust and validate? And I'm sure it never, I'm sure it never ends to a certain extent, but I think a lot of like young professionals, just kids in my generation, they either go with what their parents believe and what their parents think. And okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do this. I'm under their household still. I still live in the same city. This is the community I've been raised in. This is the X, Y, and Z party that I'm a part of, and this is what I'm following. Right. Or they are almost completely opposite. And you have to be, I would say, ballsy in your own right to say, okay, I'm going to form my own opinions. I'm going to make my own decisions and proceed forward in the manner that I believe is correct. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a sea of, of one type person, then it's very hard to go against that grain. That's why I think Denver is so unique because it is the purple state. It, which means it's kind of uh, a more transparent state where people aren't really so committed to one side or the other. They're open to being different. And that's how it should be. That's how I feel like, you know, and of course I was a young kid, but that's how I feel like politics more so used to be. You used to be able to have somebody from one side and the other side come together for a greater good and do the morally right thing in their own decision. And and here. That is why I fell in love with here. Me with my green hair, walking around in Tampa with the plastic surgery and the blonde hair and and the X, Y, and Z. And I was just like, holy crap, I don't fit in here. Loved LA, wasn't moving there. Loved New York, wasn't moving there. And we came here and I was just like, 
I fit it. It's a mixed bag. Right. You have you have creators and startups and innovators and the demographic is generally young. And if they're not young, they look as young as they could possibly be. I think people are genuinely healthy here. Yeah. You know, whether it's from the mountains, whether it's from, you know, us being a mile high and our and our metabolism going 10 times the speed. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 really pleasant to walk along the street and feel welcome to walk into coffee shops and community places and workspaces and restaurants and feel like people are, you know, not, they're working to live, not living to work. And I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And you yourself, you said you've been here. I didn't know you've been here. I thought you were just well, visiting. in and out, in and out. As I said, my business manager and very close friend lives here. And I've been back and forth uh, for a number of events that are here. Um, and uh, I really like the, the small, it's a little big city. But it's but it's no longer a feeling like a small place that that ah it's not New York or it's not L.A. It's actually better than New York and L.A. because of how it's grown and how, and the possibilities here and also how technology has let us be anywhere and the fact that you can transform an amazing space like this into a multifaceted entertainment complex business artistically driven. It, this this is a, a a $50 million project in Brooklyn that you would never get to. When I was first brought here, when I started to work with Kyle, um, you know, he showed me the venue. I said, real cool, super sick, spaceship, very, very Vegas, but not Vegas, and temple, yes, like literally like a church with lights and all of this stuff. And then he brought me to the art gallery, and I was like, whoa, never seen a concept like this before where you can walk from a, a nightclub being packed with, you know, 2,000 people into a high elite class art gallery where Very you've cool. got new artists coming in every month, you know, painting the walls, bringing in their own pieces, doing crazy, you know, abstract exhibits to go upstairs to a private gallery space where you can do conference rooms and Red Bull comes and does stuff and Monster comes and does stuff and we can do podcasts and X, Y, and Z. And it's, it's very, everything here is creative. And you're exactly right. It's a small enough city that if I want to walk my dog from one end to the other, I can, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go through a <laughs> lot of different walks of life from one side to the other. Yes. And it's, it's, it's very cool. I, I yeah. feel like you hit it on the head where it took parts from the LA scene. It took parts from the New York scene. In my opinion, in the very early days when I was, I was a child, you know, lived at Oakland, uh, apartments in Toluca Lake Oh, wow. and for four years, <clears throat> and it reminded me of fond <clears throat> memories then. Before I feel like, you know, time goes on, our our world will change, communities will change. I I do believe there's a lot of good coming out of what's happening right now, but you just have to be very strong minded, and it's yeah. hard if you're not strong minded. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like you are. Yeah, we're, we're trying. We're <laughs> it trying. It might be the blue. The blue it, it, helps. It, it, uh, it may be the abstract thing, right. looks, you know, but. For for more of a reason that I'm in this this Pikachu <laughs> suit here, um, Jason. Even though there's five thousand of you on Facebook, yeah, I can guarantee you you only have one voice that everyone in the world knows. And I would say, alongside Subway, eat fresh. That one. Wait, wait. I think it's another one. The quilted quicker picker upper. Wait. What's the other when one? you get nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Now keep going. Legomania, legomania. 
Uh, we're almost there. Oh, thank God it's Monday. Thank God it's Monday. No. I see a little silhouette of a can. Mountain do, mountain do, time to do the slam dango. We're so close. We're almost there. Pokey rock, you can't catch the rock. Uh, almost there. Pokemon. There we go. There Gotta we catch go. Them all. Jason Page. There it is, there it is. There it is, there it is. Oh my goodness. It took a little while, but I got there. It took just a little while, just a little while. Those other things are incredibly, incredibly relevant as well. Uh, oh yeah. Less credited, I mean, there's no credits at the end of a Mountain Dew commercial. No, but, but it's, it's, it's crazy to see yourself, one person, one voice, with quite a team behind you. Always there's a team to make the vision come to life. Different teams. Different teams. It's always a different team. Every single one of these is a different team. Not my team. But you have your team. team. Right. And I have my team as well, yeah. Um, To be attached to so many just historical jingles, you know, bands, moments in time. You've done stuff in Madison Square Garden with Michael Jackson. Protection for gags, sculpts of nations, cause of grief in human relations. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've done stuff with Aerosmith. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was, uh, just, just, uh, it was know, a lot. You know, a lot. And then your own band. And my own band, which is uh, now EDM. Rock. Really? Yes, it's EDM rock, and I've co- I've collaborated with a DJ named Aino, A-I-N-0. Uh, he's part of a Netherlands uh, fan base that I have of Pokemon people that Pokemon theme song is voted in the top 200 songs every year in the Netherlands by the Netherlands, you know, public for the, their main radio, their main radio program as they count down uh, on New Year's Eve. And he's a, he's a fan. He contacted me last time I was there and said, hey, we want to do a Pokemon theme remix. I said, yeah, we haven't done a, 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 well, actually there was one, but it was, it was a remix of a, a remix, a remix of, well, that's how it works in the remix yeah, world. Yeah, the bootleg, a remix, remix, of a remix, of a remix. Yes. I don't know. I've been remixed thousands of oh, times. Oh, I'm sure and, and if other, not more other, than yeah. thousands. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this was an official one where I gave him the actual vocal stripes and he remixed my, my re, my re-recorded vocal stripes that I re-recorded exactly like the main theme because the main theme is on. Tascam DAV8s from 1998 that probably don't exist anymore. So there's no way, if they do have the masters, that's great. They've never given them to anybody. So I re-recorded masters for myself to have. And I I, uh, used these vocals, these new vocals for the EDM rock remix. And it's amazing. And he was like, yeah, maybe you want to try something on this track? And sent me a track and it was really cool. So since I've recorded nine or 10 different songs, I've released an EP and now we're dropping singles every couple of weeks oh my um, goodness. of EDM rock. And I'm stalking your IG just That's to, to so go, oh, cool. this is where it's supposed to go. I've been in the traditional music world and this is a DJ and I'm singing songs over these really cool tracks that, you know, are and perfect for the festival scene. But I've never been to a festival properly to even know what it's like other than watching them on video going, holy shit, this is the fucking, the new rock star sitting right here in front of me. Pikachu is the new rock star. You know. That you I didn't know. even know existed, you know, until a couple of years ago. It's, it's, it's crazy <clears throat> because I originally was a, a rocker until quite recently in my life, 
toured in a metal band, toured in a rock band. Oh, wow. Like Journey, Aerosmith, <clears throat> Rush. Those were my, like, I was the weird rocker in middle school. Right. Just with the iPod, headphones in, listening to rock music. And it's crazy to see. First of all, welcome to the dark side. You have now joined the family of electronic dance you music. You know, um, it's, I've been <laughs> going to Burning Man for 13 years, so I heard about it. It was there. I was living it yes. before it actually became mainstream. 100%. And just thinking, this is the best. I don't know what this is. As a musician, you you know, you study and you learn and you recreate, you produce, and you understand how, what it is to build a building. And it discredits so all of that. You and break all, all sudden, the rules. Somebody builds this thing that you're like, what the, what is, you're like, all right, there's a beat there. So I still have the beat part, but everything else is, 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 is out the window in terms of your traditional musical understanding. And, and that's why I like to be taken into new realms with new things and learn new things and new ideas. And so, you know, I'm reproducing with my mouth, but now I'm starting to reproduce them with the DJ and write actual songs over it so that it it brings some of the human element back into the into the genre, which I think is really necessary. Oh, a hundred percent. Which I see you're doing, yes. which is incredible because, you know, at some point, there's a human being behind all of this stuff that's going out to the to the masses that are dancing around, releasing all the serotonin that they can possibly muster up. Oh yeah, but oh, yeah. you know the, the human being can release just as much serotonin. I think that you know if we put them together like you're doing, it it'll. Well, that's the key, and that's what people in my world are starting to understand that there has to be some sort of musicality melody meaning, harmony, jingle, phrase behind it for the common consumer and fan to captivate themselves yeah. to. Because what has happened in the transition from the analog world to the digital world and YouTube, let's just put it out there in there YouTube, it is, there it is. is that if I want to sound like X, Y, and Z, and I want to make X, Y, and Z enabled to an FL Studio, Pro Tools, Logic, whatever digital analog workstation is out there, I can do it. In a matter of days, times, hours, hard work, X, Y, and yeah. Z. But, but, but right now, in my side, there's a lacking of musical understanding. And, and it's a lot, I would say, 80% is just the noises. Is the, mm -hmm. And it's the technical aspects. It's mm -hmm. producers and DJs making music for other producers and DJs. And mm -hmm. it's like, and I'm sure on your <laughs> end, you know, you always want to impress that person. You always want to impress X, Y, and Z. But for the greater good, for the common listener, for my mom and my dad and my grandma and my grandpa, you know, they just want something that they can attach themselves to, make memories to, say, oh, I can't get that, that jingle out of my head. I can't get that melody out of my head. And that is what we are lacking on a greater whole right now. Yeah. And it takes people with your background, backgrounds in, you know, you don't need to be Beethoven. You don't need to know music theory, but you need to understand how to take from other styles of music and put it into what you're creating. And that's why I think people who are the most well-rounded 
it takes time to figure out exactly what you want to do. And you have to master this craft and this craft. And then you say, wait, wow, I'm going to take this rock influence and I'm going to put this beat underneath it. And then we're going to grab those audio effects and this, we're going to mix it and master it this way. And this is how I want it to be presented. And then you create your own unique style and sound. Mm -hmm. And that is what propels you forward. Yeah. Yeah. What, and what does it mean? What is the context? What are you saying at the end of this whole, this whole beat, which is only 45 seconds. And that's why these are all 10, you know, Subway, eat fresh. That's it. You got two and a half seconds and everybody knows what you're talking about, where to go and what they're getting, which is a total lie. But, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and you're not in the subway at all. Yeah. Uh, You do get subways. Yeah. No, no. A (laughs) hundred percent. I mean, and especially with nowadays where, you know, I'll be on my phone and I'm not even conscientiously on my phone and said it's there and I'm scrolling and the attentiveness and the attention span of your, your general consumer is so small. Well, this is a, you're, you're in, in the EDM world. I've timed it. I've watched the numbers of these, these shows, and it's a 45 to a minute and 15 seconds of beat. Mm-hmm. And then it's everybody everybody relax again. Now everybody drop the beat for, for 30 Up to 45 down. seconds, not even a minute usually, then bring it down again. So you're, it's literally that is the attention span right there. Within that, you've got to give them the meaning, the context, the individual, uh, and and with you, with it, with doing the whole show, you can be that individual all uh, over. You're like a conductor. The whole thing, the whole thing. Yes. You can Your individuality stretches over the whole set, however long your set is, as opposed to within each 45-minute sec- section. But those 45-minute sections all have to have their individual meanings, and that's where you know, Hardwell will be in the middle of his set and he'll run the Pokemon theme song. And you're like, oh, shit, it's at the Hardwell show. 250,000 people are singing the Pokemon theme song for the minute and a half. And then he's it's right back to, into something else. So once again, the attention span, short attention span theater. But, you know, that just means we can, if if it's well-crafted, we can learn more in a shorter period of time. Um and then, you know, you can extend your your attention span on your own time. And take else. people on a real journey, you know? <laughs> and, and I think that's the cool thing about DJing is whether you have a live element, like a lot of colleagues of mine, you know, they'll play guitar, they're singing, they're doing a drum pad, or they're running their set through a digital analog workstation, and they're doing cool stuff on top of that. Mm-hmm. There's so many infinite creative things you can do on top of right. bringing songs like the Pokemon theme song into something that, was made by Rick Ross <laughs> into something that was made by X, Y, and Z. Because right. traditionally, as a band, you know, we're getting up there, we're playing four to six songs, we're opening for some band that's only playing, you know, five to ten songs. And and it's, it's we want to showcase our own music, maybe do a cover, but probably just focus on our own music. And that's that. You get your 30 minutes and you're done. Yeah. Whereas in our world, we kind of have all of these different macros and to play with. Oh, you want to play a 24-hour set in Miami? Go for it. Have fun. Have right. fun, friends. We'll right. bring you World some pizza record. halfway right. through. Yeah. And, and you know, you want to be Hardwell and you want to headline Ultra and bring out all of these special guests and then do X, Y, and Z. It's like you get to, as you grow as an artist, you get to curate that experience. And, of course, you still get to do that as a band. But right now, I feel like there is just this flourishing that has been built up on our side where it's it's really hard 
to me being like a lover of rock music, a lover of classic rock, of Vans Warp Tour was like my childhood. Mm-hmm. Seeing that stuff kind of fade into the background and this stuff rise up. I get it. From a business side, you got some guy carrying a fucking backpack with a USB. <laughs> There's it. no profit. You're not hiring a team to move amps. You're not hiring a whole truck setup yeah, team, yeah. next by Z. We get picked up from a hotel. We get dropped off in the back of the stage. We get taken to our green room. We go to the front. We plug in. If we have a sound check, we have an in-ear mo- wireless monitors. And we're set. We're yep. good to go. Bye. Yep. See ya. Yep. Take all the profit. The elimination of employees. The the you know. <laughs> we'll eventually get replaced by robots. It's That's okay. Right. We're all I mean, being replaced by robots. Going into AI art. Have you seen some of that stuff? Some oh, of the it's, AI it's making the EM and our and, album covers. Our 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 single covers are made by by that. As really? Well. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's Walk excellent. me through that because I'm not. I have not. Um, well, uh, a, f- a friend of mine has the GANS experience, uh, and he's an AI artist, and he typed it. So that, that's based on certain phrases, and the phrases generate all these incredible pieces of art. It's very simple. They're just programs. I mean, it's, 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 it's almost drag and drop, okay. like, you know, wow. making beats. Just drag this beat in and drag that beat in, and there you go. Bounce it all out. Drag this phrase in, drag this phrase in. Oh, maybe some more blues and more, some more yellows or, you know a pink elephant, you know, drinking coffee. And then it'll give you a pink elephant drinking coffee. And there there it is. I mean, it's like, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> pay for the service, and there it is. Pay for the samples, and you've got the music. It's the same thing with art. And I, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised that it took this long to get there because uh, the technology has, has existed for a little while. It's just getting really good right now. So <clears throat> a lot of people are able to do it and sell it. And and they're not hiding it anymore. But yeah, do you think that if if it already hasn't, will make it into the world of like anime, like AI? Oh, it's got anime? it. It's, I think it already has. I think they do a lot of the anime stuff where they just do simple drawings and they import them into digital programs that help animate them, and they don't require very much animation mm-hmm. for to execute the story. That's that's for sure. Um, and they're doing it with voices as well. Like you can just type in a whole bunch of things and it'll read out what you want. It doesn't do it with the insane inflections, but uh, there are AI uh, things that are helping to track and trace us, first of all. Oh. <clears throat> but secondly, they, they memorize our answers to questions. I, I was at a, a Metaverse Expo in Vegas. I did the theme song for Get in, get on, get everything you want. The TCG World Metaverse theme song. Mm-hmm. They hosted a Metaverse Expo and there was all kinds of other metaverses there with all the technology and all the different things that go that are seeds that are being planted that will grow into multiple metaverses, like clothing that you can wear in your metaverse that you can also wear in the real world uh, that will transfer from metaverse to metaverse. But one of the interesting things was a bot that dresses in your and memorizes your questions to interviews and then can go and do an interview based on what it knows about you. And it'll actually just repeat what you say to whatever interviewer. And it just kind of your AI reality goes around. Your avatar can go around and do things. So it's more than just, you know, being created from scratch. It's actually memorizing who you are and replicating that in a way. And I mean, who I am now might not be who I am in a couple of months, but 
you know, we can check up on that AI and that AI is constantly integrating my new ideas and my new thoughts and patterns into its. Because we're creatures of habit, you know, we will mature, change certain little things over time, but it's, it's a whole new world. And a whole new world with avatars of case and pain. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's very low-key disturbing. L- yeah, kind of scary weird. as a human to, to see. It's amazing because I feel like it's going to bring forth so much in science and technology, probably art. But it's also, you know, I feel like growth is uncomfortable. So we have to just be patient, make sure they yeah. don't take over the world. As long as we balance <laughs> it out with enough of these beautiful mountains and the sky and the sea and the air and the deserts. We should be okay. Then we'll be all right. Because then you can go into the metaverse and go, oh, this is really cool. But this is the real deal, being out in the world and being with yourself and being connected to other people. And you can connect to them in the metaverse and then meet them somewhere in the real world. But collaboration, I feel like, is just so important for your progression of an artist, for your sanity, for your X, Y, and Z. And like that paired with living here, with being able to disconnect and go to the mountains. And, you know, even if I bring my laptop until it dies and I sit on top of a mountain and I say, how does this make me feel? You know, like how how do I emote this like beauty in some sort of a way in Ableton in my, you know, DAW to, to represent it and take photos and pictures and remember them when I'm looking at it on my monitor at home. And it's, it's very cool. I've never lived somewhere with this type of dynamic. It's kind of like writing a song where like you have those, (laughs) that dynamic range. I feel like there's a huge amount of dynamic range to the quality of life here. Mm -hmm. And I, and I really, really enjoy that on a whole. And so you're back and forth, Denver, Brooklyn, LA. Uh, Upper West Side. Okay. LA. Upper West Side. The, the, yeah, the yeah, nice yeah, yeah. The, I, I, yeah. I used yeah. to live in I used to live in Brooklyn when I was in the seventh grade. I live in Canasi. I had a crazy Canasi accent. Then I moved to Rockaway. Then I finally moved into Manhattan to the Upper West Side. Okay. And I lost my accent. And it was gone. It was gone. <laughs> it just was gone. just it was like gone. that. Just like that. Yeah. Um, I want to just like go back. Um, to not only understand where Pokemon fell in your career, um, mm-hmm. where that kind of slotting took place. Did you, how did you get into this? Like, what did your childhood look like? Oh, my childhood was uh, was was in an apartment complex in Baltimore. Okay. And um, my dad's a sax player. My grandfather was a drummer. And I moved to Florida, to Hallandale for a six and fifth and sixth grade, then up to Brooklyn for sixth and seventh grade, then to Queens for seventh and eighth grade. That's where the accent was, was very going strong. And then I finally moved to New, to New York City, the Upper West Side, uh, and went to fame, I want to live forever. The high school of music and art, I was a voice major. And I started doing bands with, with classmates. And those bands were just rock based on, you know, we were rocking out to Iron Maiden and Quiet Riot and all of those Big hair. Big hair bands at the time. Um, <clears throat> that band evolved into uh, a, a band that got signed called What's Up. And that was sort of the Chili Peppers with good vocals, lots of harmonies. We were jumping around on New York City stages during the early 90s. And, uh, and, 
after we got dropped from Imago, which was a, a major label at the time, we had an amazing record deal with a lot, a lot of capital invested. And they gave us our album. They said, go do your own thing. You're not a boy band like we thought you were when we hired you, when we, when we, when we signed you. We Water. became a public access cable TV show. And this public, ac public access cable TV show was the, the internet before the internet, where you could put up your own video uh, un uncensorable, basically, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because they're not watching everything that comes in before they put it on in front of 12 million potential viewers in Manhattan. Uh, once a week, I actually applied for two slots, so I was on twice a week, walking around New York City, being recognized daily for this crazy show that we did, which was basically documenting our band's antics backstage. Then the antics became more popular than the music, and we just continued with the sketch comedy part of it. Uh, and the antics part of it, the real world, the, the reality TV part of it that our entire social media and the internet is today. We were just- I Vlogging was just, before vlogging. Vlogging before vlogging. I just took advantage of this channel, which was channel 17 out of 18 channels that you would have in New York City. 17 is MTV. I mean, 17, 18 is MTV. 17 is Jason Page and what's up? Um, Needing to make money, we said, let's do some, a friend, one of the band members had a studio, we were recording stuff, and he said, let's do jingles, let's make, write some jingles. So we made a fake jingle tape, tape of like seven or eight different spots that we recorded that weren't even 30 seconds long. We didn't even think to make them 30 seconds or a minute. We just made them however long they were, mm -hmm. circulated around, and then started doing demos for jingle houses and music houses, and that... Uh, was in 1995 when we got the Lego Mania jingle. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I just started going around and doing the vocals on everything in all kinds of spots for other music houses that we weren't producing because the production part obviously takes a little bit longer, but the singing part, I could just run in, sing the song for them, change my voice into whatever they the brief stated. Mm -hmm. And build my diverse range of vocal stylings um, while putting myself in the sweet spot business-wise because the vocal contracts are the SAG contracts that make the most money. Uh, the musician's contracts don't make as much if you're playing guitar on a Lego commercial, but you do make mm -hmm. money mm -hmm. playing guitar on a Lego commercial, but you make a hundred times more singing. Yes. Um, because of the unions and their, their stranglehold on people's creativity, which is a good thing, but... Um, so that basically led me to the Pokemon session, which was uh, done for a company that I had sang Domino's Pizza Delivers not too long before that. And they knew that my voice would fit the brief and came in and sang it just like the dozens of other things that were going on in that week or that mm -hmm. month. Um, and then didn't look back until 2016 when Pokemon Go came out. Uh, all of this work is just, they're just seeds that get planted and I move forward. Yes. They're not seeds that I stand around and water and hope to come up and, and see what happens. And the, I mean, that, that's theater. Those are my own efforts. Those are not the corporate uh, gigs mm -hmm. that I get. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I go into a, a situation, I'm trying to bring as much as I possibly can and just plant that seed with as much authenticity and energy and, and, commitment as possible so that I can leave and go plant the next seed somewhere else. Uh, and is 18 years later, somebody knocked on my door and was like, hey, 
you're, you're the guy that did the Pokemon theme song. We want to interview you for this. We want to interview you for that. Uh, media organizations wanted to know why the song, who did the song, because it was getting played on Spotify so much. Because all of the kids that didn't care who I was are now grown-ups that really have an interest in who's the voice behind the song of my childhood. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's really amazing because it, the, my celebrity is not based on me and my my and the celebrity of me it's based on the celebrity of you and your imagination and how impactful the song was to you it's based on the 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 work not the person when you think of tom cruise and his celebrity you can say he did a good this was a good movie that was a good movie but tom cruise's celebrity is based on tom cruise Mm -hmm. and not top gun yeah whereas this my celebrity is based on the work First and foremost, isn't that the and best though? The isn't best that the best thing. feeling? It's just the best thing like because it just it, it and and that is based on you mm-hmm. and your effort, and your energy, and your investment. Without me being in the picture at all, until you're an adult, you're like, oh wait, somebody actually sang this song that makes every goose bump on my body come up whenever it's on. It's like, but that's your doing. It's not my doing. I'm just the. I, I like to say that you know I'm just the trigger. But isn't that how art should be? And that's Absolutely. in my opinion. I mean, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but somewhere along the way with Kardashians on one side and Warner Brothers Studios <laughs> on the other side, we ended up idolizing people over art. Yeah. And and especially right now in, on on my side of the industry, especially with the DJs and the cars and the girls, and it's so real. And you're like, but what about the music? Yeah. What about the music? And I mean, just me, myself, crazy Pokemon Go person. I remember I got my car. Pokemon Go came out. We got out of school, almost in accidents, finding the Pokemon, yep. doing X, Y, and Z. Boyfriend from five years old and on, you know, in the garages with all of the friends doing the trading cards, trying to find out how to find another trading card. I was on a a studio session collaborating with a friend of mine who lives in Vancouver yesterday. And I told him the the podcast I was doing with you. And he was like, I'm still waiting on this this Pokemon that came out in the Southern Hemisphere that I'm trying to get my other DJ friend to obtain for me and send it to me. And and it's- On Pokemon Go. Yes, yes. And it's such a part of- our generation. Like I know so many friends of mine, especially in this scene, we're all, I mean, I was playing a huge festival last year and we had, again, it's, it's kind of funny how you had the band and then the stuff behind the scenes really blew up from it. We were, I was playing a set and there were seven larger acts behind me trading Pokemon cards as there's kids with mosh pits and dance circles on the other side of the DJ board. <laughs> yeah. And and the clip blew up and and it's just it it represents exactly what you said. It's not it's not necessarily like, oh, like that's that's Jason. It's like, wow, I remember doing this and I remember this at this park. And at that point, you know, my parents were going through it and and I had my first kiss and oh, I had my you things. know, all yeah. the things. Yeah. And and it's it's so cool because I feel like that happens so rarely nowadays but when i do writing sessions with people or we we go and we do x y and z our main thing is like how can we create something that people can make memories to because in the live event space that's easy you know we make memories at the festivals we do this but who's gonna put on your song when they're 
sad, when they're happy, when they're going through something in their life and mm-hmm. they'll go, wow, I remember that. And that's when I, when I put on Rush, when I put on Journey, I can uh-huh. remember yeah. distinct fishing trips and road trips and, you know, things with books too. I was reading this book on the way to Key West doing X, Y, and Z. And it's, yeah. there's so few things nowadays where you can really attach yourself yeah. and, and remember this huge long line of things. And, you know, you kind of said that you just planted the seed and moved along. That is definitely a seed that bloomed. <laughs> yeah, it's a jungle now. I turned around, it was a jungle. And the thing that I had been pursuing in my own efforts with very, uh, very copious watering and fertilizing all of my projects, hoping to have an impact over humanity, the impact was behind me. Mm-hmm. It was it was from a seed that was that was watered by you. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, I guess it was watered by the Pokemon Corporation as well. But the, but now the, the watering is is more about the love that you experienced and why you're wearing that mm-hmm. onesie, not because Pokemon sold it to you, because you have such a love for it that you want to spread it. And they're not making any money on it. Mm-hmm. They just are letting everybody do all these things, which is amazing. I mean, they are making some money on it, obviously. But there's there are these Comic-Cons and there are, everybody's doing things outside of Pokemon because they love it so much. And though Pokemon has made a hundred over a hundred billion dollars at this point on the yes. books, the the community off the books has so probably the orders of magnitude more. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and I think that's the goal. I mean, you always say how can I make money while you know, sleeping, make money while doing <laughs> right, X, right. Y, and Z. And, and this was obviously for the creators before I'm sure it became hugely corporatized, not about the money. It was about a story. And it's it's so interesting too, because I feel like in the world of music, it's so, and, and anime too, you know, you get so many animes that pop up. And, and so many. And so many. And, and it's so crazy how Pokemon has just, stood the test of time. They're the Disney of animes. Right. Like they are, they have the universe, they have the merchandise, they have the Comic-Cons, the trading cards, the video games, Nintendo came back as Pokemon Go. Like, and now they have the open world game. I know my boyfriend got that. And that's a whole nother thing. It's a metaverse, right? Yeah. Where you're now you're in the metaverse. I'm waiting for VR. I'm waiting for, you know, and it's, 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 it's insane. And I'll be right there through all of it. The uh, un, un, Separate, I'm separating from the whole thing. So, so what do you get inquiries all the time to this day to to appear at Comic Cons to to do interviews because of that that one seat with Pokemon? Yes, I mean, well, I, I think it's because everyone's grown up now. Mm-hmm. Number one, uh, number two, because I made a video putting myself next to the intro and gave myself the credit that was not given in the mainstream yeah. distribution of Pokemon. As a matter of fact, I just re- I just saw on Apple Music um, the To Be A Master album that mm-hmm. is the album that the Pokemon theme song is on. Um, and I sang Viridian City as well. Really? On the road to Viridian City. I have no idea. But every artist is listed on the Pokemon theme song on Apple Music. And when it says Pokemon theme, at the top it just says Pokemon. So... I'm not even credited by Pokemon on Apple Music. So I I have to tell everybody and you have to yeah. tell everybody who it is and 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 have to inquire. I mean, I'm 
and interviews with various organizations helps to spread that word. And then people contact me because they saw me on an interview mm -hmm. and it triggered their mind and their imagination again. And they went, oh, yeah, that's right. That's the dude. So in the world, I, I suspect there's about at least 2 billion Pokemon fans. 15% of the population of the planet has downloaded Pokemon Go. So that's 1 billion people. We know that there's more Pokemon fans than Pokemon Go fans. So mm -hmm. I'm going to say estimated 2 billion fans. 2 billion Pokemon fans that know the song, that would respond favorably. They might not fall on the floor or buy autographs or buy anything from me, but they would be pleased to shake my hand. Like, wow, yeah. But out of those 2 billion people, I've got about, I don't know, my, my, my social media, you can see my numbers. It's very small. Mm -hmm. So this, this process of disseminating this information, which triggers this feeling in people, is something that you can do and that everybody can do. My friends are saying, do you mind if I tell my friends that you're the, you sang the song? And I'm like, of course, just tell them. I, I don't have to meet them. I don't have to do anything, but they, but they need to know because then they, then they, it, it just triggers this serotonin release. And the serotonin of 99% of the people that know the song has not been released yet by, by attaching the song to who I am. And I think that that's really the most important part is to just have the impact over people, not the financial impact, not the, not the celebrity impact, but just the, the physical reality of people can feel this thing, this connection to nostalgia, this, this connection to the, the, the sweetness of life, the happiness and the sadness, but the, the human part of their, their lives that was pure and it could have been painful, but it's usually happy. The Pokemon was the happy part during painful times. And it can all be brought together by just remembering this and then attaching it to a human being that is somebody you know or somebody you saw on TV or somebody you saw in an interview. And anyway, so that, that's where I get all of the, uh, the interviews. I had one interview request prior to 2016. Some girl has a, had a YouTube channel and I... It did the interview and I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Somebody wanted to interview me. And so since 2016, it's been ballistic with the interviews and the comic cons and the possible places. But that's that's a that's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction. All of these things are not related to Pokemon uh corporate. They're all so crazy to situations. me. So yeah. that's so insane. And I I imagine this was a sad job. Like like SAG eligible. Oh like. SAG, no no, it no. was a okay. buyout, so there were no there were no residuals okay. and a one time payment. You are my royalty. That's crazy. And these other events are my royalty, and you know all of the various things that I do anyway that are yes that well, that that are production. See and related. and while my attachment to you and introduction to you was through Pokemon, you know. My boyfriend had had showed me the page. We were talking. He's like, "You should reach out to him." I was like, ah, "He's not going to respond to me." Whatever. And and then and then I usually do it anyways, just to say, you know, I just throw shit at the wall, yeah, see yeah. what sticks. You know, you'll get some yeses, you'll get some nos. And then I followed you. I looked at your story. He's in Denver. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we're reaching out he's right, right now. The street. Yeah, he's we gotta go. The street. Did like, you come to the Comic Con? Did no, we didn't. We I looked at your page the afternoon or night after, after it. it yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh man. I was like, okay, he's here. And then. Just me being me, I go, okay, let's click the link in the bio. Right. Let me go to his website. 
And I started reading and I was like, holy crap. And, and what this small but very big thing that you did with Pokemon was. Four hours. It, yep. It opened my eyes and I go, okay, I know his voice here and here and here and here. And the Pepto-Bismol song started going off in my head. <laughs> and then the Bohemian Rhapsody for Mountain Dew started oh, yeah, going yeah. off in my head. And I'm just like, okay, this is freaking cool. And and it's, you know, not only just to have like such an extensive resume when it's it's crazy because, you know, as you said now, like 2016 and on, that's where really like the residuals and like the back end of you planting that four hour seed from such a long time ago came, you were getting all of these other, you know, voiceover background experiences, performance gigs, not off of Pokemon. I was very curious. I was like, did one spawn the others or Pokemon was on the bottom of my resume printed resume before I put it on the shirt. Matter of fact, the way the shirt printed it out, it actually got, X off to the side there. <laughs> That's so but yeah, crazy. it was. It's all off of the you know the the skill and the intention and all of the efforts. So did you yourself in New York? Did you did you go out on casting calls? Did you get approached by a, an agency? How did that work? Well, it, there's there's uh, a couple of different ways. The, the jingle world is kind of anarchy. We were producing spots for multiple jingle houses that would hire us for very little money to add four demos to their 20 demos that they're submitting for Lego or whatever, how, whatever company we were working for. Um, and then once they go, there's uh, uh, conversations about what the right voice is for the jingle. Um, and then they'll bring in a couple different people, and it's paid paid. It's a paid audition. You get paid for the session, but you don't know if it's going to go final. So there was one manager at the time uh, that I'm actually still doing some work for called Val's Artist Management, and she started sending me on some uh, of these paid auditions, basically. Yeah. Um, and they result in one out of 50 maybe going, or maybe even less than that. Um, at the same time, I'm writing for different places that are not connected to her and music houses that she's working with. Um, and I'm auditioning through managers and agents for theater, TV, and film, which lead to other sort of projects where I'm visually represented. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are very traditional and standard. You've got your agency hiring the, 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 the agents. I'm sorry, your casting director hiring the agents, and the agent calls the actor, and you're signed to an agency and all yeah. that basic thing but in the jingle world it's not that and in the background world it's not that you're you're there's no agency for you to call when you need somebody to sing backgrounds on your on your next record Mm -hmm. you've I mean there might be somebody you know has an it but they're just maybe they hire maybe they handle a whole bunch of different artists not just background singers so yeah it's, it's more word of mouth and every job is another job if I do it well somebody will be like oh yeah Jason did that thing let's call him in for the scorpions or let's call him in for foreigner Call them in for meatloaf or whatever. So you know, every crazy. every job is a chance to get another job. So tell me about. I'm just so curious. I know I'm spouting off questions at you, but the the writing portion. Mm. I did so so. Does that come from the band days when you were a lyricist and you would write in music houses for other projects? Yes. Okay. Uh, the band was the first writing and performing my own music publicly. 
the jingle is writing what they want and being able to craft a style that is and produce a style that uh, that they want. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, now I now I'm I'm writing my own music that is kind of I'm trying to make them jingles and meaningful at the same time mm -hmm. so that they're selling an idea. Um, but yeah, the writing is, is very important because I think that's where your own unique voice really comes out. You're, yes. you're, the way that you express something and in your actual voice, which is very specific to you as well. I know you've had quite a time in this in this industry, but I feel like you've done the the utmost effort of of it's it's very interesting your approach to me because I feel like a lot of people on my side of things because we have pro you know we have a, a project like I like I'm not Lizzie you Jane, are but I am Lizzie Jane. Yeah. You are the project. And, and it's like <clears throat> you're devoting like in your project you devote X amount of time to get to a point where team members want to seek you out and support you and believe in your vision and do this and do that. And then you have a few select people by your side that are making absolutely no money. And you continue to move forward with these people by your side. And it's like putting in your time, continuing to build, you know, getting to a point where you're doing regional touring, then national touring, then soft ticket, hard ticket, build, 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 build. But I love the little approach. And that's what I feel like I've done with the podcast just because I like to talk so much. My boyfriend told me to start a podcast. <laughs> um, and when we went into COVID, there was no touring. So we were all in our homes. I was like, this is a better time now than ever to show a transparent side to our industry that has now expanded. And now I'm like, okay, I want to talk to interesting DJs that I feel could offer value to the conversation. But my real mind is let me get this person who scored SpongeBob and let me get this web three person and this multimedia broadcaster who's running her own video game company. And let me grab Jason page. Who's also in the world of entertainment, but does this. And the thing that I see in everyone, but us as DJs and artists is that it's a multitude of seeds planted. It's like, okay, I worked for this company for a while and this company led me to that. Company. You don't see that in DJs. No, <clears throat> no, it's, it's, I, I think I see, I see DJs when they have their brain all the way to the top, um, you know, they'll utilize their skill set because you do have quite a skill set if you're producing your own music, you're right, producing music. DJs. Yeah, yeah, produce. Yes, it's a difference yes. Not, there not should really be a different, DJs. There should like, be a different a term well, for that. For there that. is, but they get by the general consumer. We're all the same. But, you know, there are DJs who stand on stage who don't make their music and, you know, that's okay. They're touring three million days out of a year and they're playing, you know, three shows in one days in two different right, times. They're still periods. doing the effort. How much yes. of your actual set is your own production? Let's say <clears throat> 40 to 60. And but that but it, it can all depend, you know, as a DJ, you can get booked for. I mean, I know huge acts that get booked for private parties or they're more of a you know, they're they're in a certain genre with their own music, but then a Vegas residency knocks on their door and says, hey, can we have you over right. at this they Vegas need to club? Do certain and they need to, to do adjust, that kind yeah. of music. And, <clears throat> and so you can always adjust and it'll cater. But, you know, playing, I would say in Denver, Red Rocks, Mission, all of the venues, you're getting people coming and playing their own music, right. their own yeah, art that yeah. they've created. And, and if you are one of those, you know, artists that have created their own music, they're not touring to support their own music, you know, they'll usually do a tour, do an album, take a year off, then tour for that album. 
And it's, it's, it's this gradual increase. And what I see is that they'll use their skill set for other things, such as doing, you know, fully sound or client work for, you know, other people who need things written, like in music houses, or mm-hmm. they'll work for ultra publishing or Sony publishing, and mm-hmm. they'll write lyrics and stuff. But it's, <clears throat> I've never seen it to that extent. And that intrigues me so much. But I know, like building an artist project, you have to have so much time dedicated. It's how many hours in the day can you spread amongst and and in your like skill set with that one portion of your career where you're just doing jingles, it's so intriguing to me where it's like you're in and you're out. Like it's yeah. and and I love that because I feel like as an artist you can really and I'm sure you experience this with with what you're doing, you know, now and what you've done with your band where you can always go back and tweak things and make things better and do X, Y, and Z, but putting a time stamp on something. And I think the more corporatized environment you're in, the whole time is money and the studio costs X, Y, and Z, and you need to get this done in all of these hours. It's cool because it's like, it's done. You know, you're, it's done. You need to put it out into the world and move on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's uh, kind of what our, short attention span society is doing with YouTube and YouTube shorts and Instagram reels and TikToks. They're just getting it all done really quick and putting it out. Obviously, it's not a corporate uh, paid gig, but it has turning into income for people that are doing advertising on their little Mm -hmm. pop it in, get it done. TikTok accounts with a million followers. And then just throwing a little Temple Denver, you know, logo in there. And then all of a sudden you're good. TikToks, TikToks, a whole new world. It is, but it isn't. It is, but it isn't. It's like, it's just this thing where let's give you about 10 times the amount of engagement that you're getting from any other social media Mm -hmm. platform. And that'll just feed your ego a little bit more to make you a little bit more attractive to the, to the platform. Yeah. Well, to your point that there were, that there, you have to have a lot of skills to do that. TikTok has sort of given people the opportunity to be a director, a producer, a, a copywriter, uh, an editor, uh, and a musician, all of those things to combine to make their video. And they give you this really easy template to follow. I mean, it's so much different than, you know, Premiere 10 years ago and yes. how you would have to edit your videos. It just take forever. Now they can just do it. When I come into a session, I am I am just doing that one thing. I'm and also now I'm no, no longer need to go in to do it because I can do it from my hotel room wherever I am. Um, during the pandemic, I was in New York and I left my computer in L.A. And I, I got called for a session when I first got to New York. I was in Denver first and okay. then I went to New York in April uh, and I got called for a session and I thought, oh, I don't have my computer here. Do I go to somebody else's house to do it? And I was like, no, I'm going to I'm going to see what I can download on my phone and see what kind of program. I downloaded BandLab, and I got a USB microphone, yep. uh, a, a HD one, whatever it's called, iRig, and I basically did thirty or forty professional sessions for all the gigs that I got called for, for all kinds of corporate products, on the phone, and I and editing the sixteen tracks. If I had to do more, I would bounce the tracks individually, and I'd send those tracks to the producer who would mix the spot but my part could be done on the phone now so consolidating my energies and efforts to be able to do that thing to get in and out and do it 
hey, we need something by four o'clock. Can you do it? Yeah. All right. And go in the bathroom, <laughs> plug yeah. the microphone in and get some, you know, blankets up. And there it is. It's pretty incredible. It's incredible. It's it's incredible. And that's and that's like the beneficial and like exciting like aspect of the technology, technology yeah. that I love. I mean, Ableton, which is the the workstation that I work off of, they just released their first ever phone application. So now if you're on a plane or if you're, you know, no Wi-Fi needed and, and it's, it's very basic, but you use the same account. So then when I log in to Ableton online, I can download that file and it's right uh-huh. there. That's and if amazing. I hear a melody in my head and I go, okay, well, I can't create the sounds. I can't record vocals. Da, 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 I'm just going to get the melody just like you would do a, a, a voice memo or mm-hmm. something like that. You're writing in key. You're writing the instrumentals. You get in your DAW. You say, okay, now I'm going to sound design. Now I'm going to put this, this, this here. Not <laughs> long before that DAW is right here on your glasses. Uh, didn't Snapchat have those <clears throat> Google oh, I think they some, did, yeah. something glasses yeah, for a yeah. while where you could see everything in front of you? Before long, what is it? Elon Musk is working on the the Nexus or something. Where it's brain go in, implant into your head. You're gonna be able to. That's the end of time. I'm not even gonna talk about it. I can't even go into that. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I really want to appreciate you for for coming on today. I mean, this has been such an inspirational, intriguing conversation. Oh, thank and, you. And you. You are an inspiration as well. Oh, uh, I appreciate it. And and welcome to Denver. I know you've been here for a while, but we're going to change the whole festival uh, thing. I ne- think we're, so. We're going to keep in bring contact. The human, bring the human beings into it. Yep, yep. I, I will. Oh, my God. I can just imagine me playing a festival and you doing the Pokemon Go theme song. Oh my God. It's it's cool because it's like, it's very exhilarating being one person on stage and having so many people in front of you. It's yeah. definitely I, a high. I, I, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Yes. And to be able to lead those people and guide them successfully through this up and down journey, that's incredible. Yes. Um. Before I go, I, I want to hear the story about you, Michael Jackson, Madison Square Garden. Ah, um, in one of the things that I did in New York City was the Broadway Inspirational Voices there. Ooh, okay. Michael McElroy's Broadway Inspirational Voices, a whole bunch of Broadway community uh, people that sing gospel. And one of those people in- recommended me to a band, the band leader of... Uh, of this production that they do it at Madison Square Garden called uh, WKTU's, oh, what is it? It's a Christmas ball or whatever. Okay, yes. They bring in the artists and they all sing one song while the same band plays behind them. And we did a couple of these, two years of this, and that same band was asked to do Michael Jackson's 30th anniversary at Madison Square Garden. It was the same producer of this, of these events at, at Madison Square Garden, and I was one of the singers in the background group. Um, and being in that background group and sound checking for all these artists that were not there, Yes, I would get on the mic, and, you know, Ricky Martin wasn't there, so I would sound check. Upside, inside out, living the vida loca. Or, you know, Ray Charles was was there and, and he wasn't there for sound checks. So I went down to the piano and I went, Georgia, Georgia, the whole day through. In Madison Square Garden, doing all these vocal impressions to basically just cover for people for the sound check. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so when Michael Jackson event happened, um, unbeknownst to us, there was nobody there to do the black and white rap. So they came to the background section and said, who can do the black and white rap? And I was like, oh, I can do it. I'm the man. So I did the black and white rap live. I was not represented visually on stage. I was in my same area with the background singers in the band. Um, but there were three guys on stage just kind of running around with microphones that they never use. <laughs> so it's kind of a weird thing where I'm doing the rap, but these guys are just standing like a there. Voiceover. The whole thing. And the people in the audience are lip syncing to the rap, which is really cool. Yeah. But uh, I had a couple of friends there with video cameras, and one of them is up they in got the it. rafters filming me while that happened. Um, so that, that so was amazing cool. and amazing. What an amazing experience. The biggest concert ever in history, I think, in terms of the energy and, and the excitement and anticipation and all the different guest vocalists that Michael had. And oh. the Jackson 5 doing a whole set as well reunited after 30 years um incredible it was incredible i never felt so big and so small at the same time yes because because we were i was one of 80 people in that top part of the stage and then each michael jackson number had its own characters uh, dancers 20 30 dancers on one of them and then those these three weird guys and black and whites with slash up there playing as well so it takes a village to make a production like that it takes a, a city yeah. <clears throat> it yeah. was yeah it was a, it was an amazing experience that's incredible and I, he was just in, a, a delightful person in rehearsals just very normal and very good simple and like good. human and then our our celebrity obsession syndrome really makes him into something that he's not yeah which is very oh, interesting i i think that happens to a lot of people nowadays yeah. and it's it's sad because the majority of people i've had just been so so lucky to be able to sit down with people like yourself and other people who I just, you know, again, out on a whim, hey, you're in town, do you have any interest kind of thing. And every person I've met, for the most part, besides a few casting directors when I was younger, <laughs> um, have been just lovely people, especially people who are quote unquote celebrities or highly accomplished individuals in the field of entertainment are just so nice. Yeah. And, and I do think when you get to a certain caliber and you get to a certain level, the majority of people you are around are, are good people. It's just, I, you want to work with good people. I'll take a good, hardworking individual over somebody who is highly talented any day. Like, any day. Yeah. 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 I, I, there is a danger, uh, and I'm just starting to get into the beginning of it, of people not being able to be themselves because of what their preconceived notions of me are. Um, and, and this happens with the super Pokemon fans that really, they don't, they, it's not me. It's the actual song. It's the fact that it even exists that I'm standing in front of them. This surprise of like, it's a person and he's, and then they can't like be <laughs> there themselves it's not anymore. It's like, yeah. it's my, you're my entire childhood. Like a couple people at the Comic-Con were just like, yeah. They were Super crying. Fans, they were yeah. crying to the point where they couldn't really talk to me and they had to like move away. Yeah. And some of them, because they had very deep emotional experiences that it was bringing up. One guy said he, he had to leave the, he had to leave the, the arena because his brother had passed 
at the time when he and uh, they were experiencing Pokemon and the song together, and the song just brought that back, that whole wow. time of his life, and he couldn't he couldn't stay in the room when I sang the song. Yeah. I mean, it probably happens whenever the song happens yes, to him. Yes, yes, yeah. This even more especially because I was there. So. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's quite. It's like a. I feel like it's a cool, uncomfortable, weird thing that will just be ironed out yeah. over time and time of it happening, dealing with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine being like, while you live in like west upper side of Los Angeles, I can't imagine being a person that paparazzi follows around yeah that's it's day. weird it's a very weird thing and then it changes your perception of yourself because yes. everybody else perceives you and we only know ourselves through our yourself. relationships with people right and if far our relationships- too many people lose themselves and that's the saddest of them all when you know someone and where they've come from and the type of person they really are and right. then they lose themselves right and then they have to work incredibly hard to find themselves again. yeah yeah, they just found a new version of themselves. It's not, yeah, it's not, right? as, it's not as fun. Yeah, it's just not as not as great. Well, Jason, I really want to appreciate you for coming on today. Thank you. Oh my goodness, give me a hug. Give me a hug. This is absolutely wonderful. Oh, awesome, sweet, awesome. best Halloween episode ever. Yes, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, guys! It's coming out on you Halloween. Can dress as Jason Cage. Exactly. A m- well, actually, a, a multitude of of characters That's we right, could go for. Character. But oh this my is goodness! Going to be in the front of it if you buy the shirt. Oh, can't get it. I love it. On the website. On the, on uh, on my YouTube, uh, after the videos, there's a Teespring link. But I not love it. On my website. My website shop doesn't allow these logos to be printed. Really? Because of copyright okay. claims, I guess. But it's art. You know you what? Know, you it's art. Really, it's art, and it's my art. Great! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you! Here's my art, actually. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, I got it on my list. I'm honestly kind of like looking at those throughout the conversation. We're in an art gallery. I figured we, you know, we get artistic. Get artistic.